This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Check out all your favorite AMI original audio podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform, you know, by downloading, liking, subscribing. There's a lot out there, along with Kelly and company, but there's tons of it out there, too. We'll give you some teases in a bit. Uh, But also, to add to the list of things to watch and listen to from AMI, you can check out video podcasts on YouTube, which spent some time with Ardra Shepard, host of Tripping on Air earlier this week and that's a wonderful podcast you can check on there's the neutral zone with brock richardson and the gang that you can check out on youtube there's so many fantastic additions to the video podcast family on ami this is kelly and company i'm ramia amuddin co-hosting here with brock richardson it's time for our regional content report today we're joined by ryan delahanty who is AMI Content Development Specialist in Halifax. Ryan, how are you? Good. Nice to be joining you, Brock, and uh, you too, of course, Ramya. Thank you. As always, the last time we spoke to you just after, uh, there was a tropical storm, Fiona, swept across Atlantic Canada, left many without power for a week or even more than that. As a result, Disability Advocates is hoping for some help from for the vulnerable sector and they're starting a new registry can you tell us more about it please if you would absolutely so it um in the wake of fiona artist and disability advocate and Camozzi was interviewed by cbc and uh she'd felt really disconnected from the rest of her community near antigonish nova scotia following the storm uh Camozzi uses a wheelchair and after her power went out her phone lines were also down and she really had only her radio to try and get updates on what was happening in the world outside of her home. Um, there were some comfort centers nearby, but they weren't announced ahead of the hurricane. Uh, so without access to telecommunications, finding out where these centers were, uh, what they might offer, whether or not they're accessible, if there's accessible transport to get there, uh, that was all a big question mark. And uh, obviously, uh, things could be a lot better organized. And, uh, you know, she felt this was a huge issue where 30% of Nova Scotians identify as having a disability and those wow. that are living in rural areas where services are more spread out are often even more impacted. The power outages last longer. There are fewer resources to tap into. And uh, so with the CBC article, they ident- interviewed some uh, other individuals that had similar impacts from the storm. And they had concerns about if uh, an evacuation was necessary from their apartment building, uh, is that even possible if the elevators are without power and the individual needing to be evacuated can't climb the stairs, uh, you know, can emergency services deal with that? Do they have a plan? Do they know how to go about it? Um, you know, if their medical devices are, uh, 
inoperable without power. There's a lot of issues uh, related to that. And so Anne Camozzi, the activist, uh, had the idea that they really need to have a provincial vulnerable persons registry um, that can help uh, people with disabilities, uh, senior citizens through the aftermath of the next storm. And so she thinks this should be a voluntary uh, registry that people can you know, put their details forward. And it would be a great way to protect these people, make sure that emergency services are aware of where they are and what assistance they may need uh, when we do have another storm or event like this. Sure. And, you know, the the thing that comes to mind with as you talk about this is that everybody gets in, in, a, in a bit of a state where it's like, what's next? But then we sort of take for granted the idea that, oh, well, if something happens, I can just evacuate the building. I can do this. I can do that. But it's the vulnerable people that, Ryan, you take that to another step and it's like, well, if I can't get out of the building, then what? And that that becomes a real problem. And so this registry is fantastic. I love it. I think it's something that should be uh, Canada-wide, really, to be honest with you. Um, can you tell us a little bit more of the specifics and how this registry would work? So the hope is that the registry would be complete with locations. And that's often the problem is just knowing these people are there when telecommunications are down uh, they may not be able to raise the red flag in the moment. So knowing this all in advance is critical. Um, so people, you know, they would list their locations, uh, what kind of disabilities they may have, and really uh, have a personalized plan in case of emergencies tailored to uh, whatever their specific needs are based on their ability, their location, the nature of uh, the building that they may live in, uh, whatever other factors may be at play. So in the uh, CBC Main Street interview with Kamozi, uh, they'd also spoken with a representative uh, from um, other jurisdictions where they have similar registries. So in Waterloo, they had discussed uh, that it's really a collaborative effort. I think the focus is a little bit less on storms and emergency preparedness um, than maybe people uh, who might have uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, leaving their homes and wandering into the community. Uh, but it was was a joint effort between police, uh, different third-party community organizations like the Alzheimer's Society, um, so that they could, uh, you know, people with loved ones with dementia or Alzheimer's um, communications issues, other concerns, could enter information about this person, including special interests, pictures, challenges they may have, and an address that can be used in a case of emergency. Um, in the wake of this storm, there was some talk that a couple individual jurisdictions in the province do keep rep records of their vulnerable community members, and the province itself had published a guide to emergency preparedness for people with disabilities and seniors back in September of 2021. Uh, but awareness around these seems to be quite low, and they don't look to have been of much benefit during this recent storm. And so ultimately, Kamozi feels there's been a lack of political will to this point and really wants the province to step up and make significant changes in order to protect our most vulnerable citizens. Uh, she had told the CBC, concluding the interview, that there is no neighborhood check-in system, there's no senior check-in system, there's no planning for people with disabilities or vulnerable adults. Sometimes we flag these things after the storm, but it kind of loses momentum before the next one comes to get something in place. And so they, you know, been through a lot of this with COVID and in these sorts of emergencies like hurricanes, they feel like they're often the forgotten population. This is really incredible um, initiative. And even just before the initiative, the thought of saying, hey, you know, this stuff is uh, falling between the cracks. Let's make sure that that doesn't happen. The advocacy is so um, 
is really powerful here. So thank you for highlighting that, Rye. And moving to a second story, a little, little different from the first one, about reaching people in their homes. Mackie's Mobile Studio. Tell us about this one. I thought this was a really cool initiative, a new business from Pictou County hip-hop artist Jordan Mackey, um, also interviewed, I think, for CBC. And they had discussed how um, growing up they would have to travel three hours just to get studio access. And since then, they found that many other musicians and artists face similar barriers to accessing recording studios, whether that be distance, the accessibility of the studio, uh, transportation to get there, the costs involved, uh, so many other factors that are at play. And so in April, uh, Mackie's Mobile Studio launched, which is a door-to-door music production studio aimed at artists who have trouble accessing traditional studios to record, whatever that reason may be, uh, including, you know, especially those living in rural Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island. Uh, Mackie didn't want other artists to have the same struggles they did, driving three hours to the studio, paying for gas, food, hotel, and the studio time. Mm. And uh, they'd had incidents where they would, you know, cover all these costs, you know, put your heart and soul into the music you're making and then not get the recordings back and have to, you know, go through those battles as well. And so having some downtime during the pandemic, lots of music ideas they wanted to fulfill, uh, Mackie was compelled to build the mobile studio and realize how much it could do to fix some of the accessibility challenges for other artists in Nova Scotia. You know, this is uh, something that I can totally see getting a lot of uptake because there are endless amount of artists and musicians and people with so much potential who literally because of these barriers can't get to their art. So how has the mobile uh, studio been received so far? It seems like very positive reception, exactly that, especially if you're Mm -hmm. just getting started. It can be very intimidating, you know, for that studio time. Maybe you don't feel like you kind of have enough technical know-how or whatever other issues. So I think this makes it a lot more approachable and sounds like a lot friendlier uh, sort of environment where you're where you're comfortable, right? They're coming to you and bringing what you need for what you want to accomplish. And so uh, it sounds like Mackie's been very busy driving all over the region from their home base in Picto, uh, producing for a wide range of artists. Uh, They found it really rewarding for people that, you know, aren't able to get out of the house. Uh, so that might be due to COVID, mental health concerns, or just a lack of other studios in the area. Uh, so one happy client uh, interviewed by CBC was Tevin Nicholas, otherwise known as hip hop artist Kush, uh, with the dollar sign, uh, who performs in both English and Mi'kmaq. And in the past, he'd often had to make a three and a half hour drive to record. Uh, and this was before his car broke down. And he'd found that he was be a bit burnt out from the drive, maybe not feeling, you know, ready to go once the studio time uh, arrives. And, you know, had some incidents where they'd arrive at the end of that three and a half hour drive to f- realize they forgot a piece of equipment back at home. Mm. Uh, so those little frustrations Ugh. can come up pretty easily. And uh, Nicholas said that Mackie's mobile studio rates are as affordable as the other studios, but it comes right to him. Uh, they've struck up a great working relationship. And that's key too is having, uh, you know, a collaborator and somebody that kind of gets what you want to do. And so they've struck up a great relationship and Mackie can produce a song for Nicholas within the same day of it being recorded. Uh, another artist interviewed was from Halifax where, you know, there are more options for studio spaces in the city. Uh, and Megan St. Rose, a vocalist for heavy metal band Vormir and also 
also a pop and folk artist, uh, was thrilled with Mackie's service. And she had said that uh, where she deals with complex PTSD, ADHD, and anxiety, going to certain home studios had been a triggering experience. Uh, even though you're paying by the hour for that studio space you're using, uh, you may not have very much control over it to where people involved, people in the space, you know, it's part of the culture sometimes. They might bring substances you're not comfortable being around. Other issues might arise. And so having Mackie come set up in her home was much more comfortable, helped her to relax in her own environment and deliver a stronger performance as a result. So fantastic. Real quickly in a couple of seconds, what's next for the studio and how can people get involved? So Mackie says they're producing for more than a dozen clients and they're hoping to, instead of setting up in your home, uh, be able to offer a fully mobile recording studio inside of a van in the future. Uh, so easiest way to reach them if you're in the region and uh, want to check out what they're offering, if it might be a good fit for your music production, you know, maybe podcasting too. Uh, Mackie Music, so M-A-C-K-I-E-M-U-S-I-K at gmail.com or the website is Mackie's Mobile Studio, M-A-C-K-I-E-S Mobile Studio at dot com for the website. Great stuff as always, uh, Ryan. Really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. Have a great show, guys. You as well. Uh, that was Ryan Delahanty, who joins us from Halifax for our regional content development reports. And they join us on Wednesdays and Fridays here on Kelly and Company. We're talking money with Ryan Chin in the second hour. We're also getting to cook with Mary Mamaliti. She has some grocery store buys that we need to check out she says but after the break we have the buzz with bill shackleton hi i'm red sale inviting you to download the latest episode of my life in books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives their work and three books that have resonated with them That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.